Welcome to Japan according to Akio. Everything you wanted to know or didn't think you needed to know about Japan. With me, your host Akio, living in Japan since 2004 and giving you the lowdown on what it's like to live in and around Tokyo. Yo, hey hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode 152 of the podcast. I don't know. Uh, gosh, okay, fuck. I've been drinking. Okay. <laughs> You'll hear about it in the podcast. So anyway, whatever. Okay, here's what we're going to talk about. Um, I go through some places, some things I just like about life in Japan. Then also, um, we I go through a list of things. Um, tough times in Japan is the theme of it. You know,、um, one of our、uh, faithful listeners, Rod,、uh, sent me、uh, a list of things, topics that he wanted me to speak on. I give you some anecdotal evidence, my opinion,、um, you know, just about what's been going on、um, as a result of the developing situation in the world over the past year or so. So、um, that's about it. Again, before we get started, I'll talk about it in the episode, but please like, please subscribe, please do all that shit. It really helps out the podcast. You know, thank you again for the new listeners. Thank you for subscribing. A few of you guys were commenting. I really appreciate it. You know, on YouTube、uh, podcast, I really can't see the numbers so much, but you know, you guys that are out there who've been rocking with me, hopefully, new people that's come aboard. Again, thanks. Thanks for, for, thanks for joining. Thanks for listening. Hope you stay, stick around and rock with your boy, even though I'm kind of sauced up right now. <laughs> so, all right, y'all. Enjoy. Hey, 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 hey. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back. To another episode of the podcast. We're on what? Episode 152. Yeah, 152 of the podcast. I'm back in the house. You won't believe it, but I got a proper wine glass. Ta da! And let me take a little squig. Mm. Mm. The reason why I busted out a proper wine glass is because,、um, yeah, it's my first drink in like well over a month, pretty much.、Um, you know, I just. Haven't been drinking.、Um, one of my buddies, he wasn't drinking, and we were just going back and forth. I was like, Yeah, I think I told you before, I was doing the apple cider vinegar cleanse. So I was like, Yo, but、um, for Valentine's Day, I got a bottle of some pretty nice wine. So I was like, Fuck it, let me just open that motherfucker up. You know, I can't just let it sit in on the fucking shelf for like, you know, a long ass time. So that. Would not be cool. So, my wife got me a bunch of chocolates. My mother in law, she always gives me a bottle of wine every year. So,、um, I was like, let me crack that bitch open <laughs> for the podcast. Even though, even though this is going to be like a, a not a good episode to be drinking at all, <laughs> I'm going to be all wasted talking all crazy by the end of this because、um, we're, I'm going to. Really, talk about quite a few heavy subjects. Also, like, I gotta trim my beard too. Like, I don't know about y'all, but like, I can't grow my beard. Like, this beard is way too long for me. Cause, like, as soon as my beard starts growing, I gotta, like, I don't know. Like, I'm like, yo, obsessive compulsive of it. I'm like, playing with the shit. I like, when it gets long enough, I, I do this weird thing where, like, I, um, I like, take a piece of hair and poke it in my mouth and then I lick it. It's, it's fucking disgusting. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm disgusted by doing it and I can't stop doing it. So, like, that's part of the reason why I keep my、um, goat. You know, I know big beards are, are like a thing now. They're in fa-、uh, fashion, especially in the West. You know, I moved to Japan before that. So, when the clean cut little thing thing was a thing, but. But I just can't grow a fucking big long beard, man. Cause I'm like, I'm like, I spend half of my day just playing with this shit and it's fucking ridiculous. So, like, this is even people on YouTube, this is like way too long for me. Like, after like several days, if it gets long enough for me to like pinch off a piece of this shit, I just become like a fucking weirdo with my facial hair. So, I got cut. I'm tomorrow, I got time. I work late. I'm just, I gotta cut this shit off. Like, cause it, it, it's just ridiculous. It's driving me crazy. Like, you know, um, So, next time, you know, I won't be this long, but like, yeah, my beard hasn't been this long. And, you know, my goatee hasn't been this long in a while. And it's literally starting to fucking make me fucking go crazy. So, if you see me playing with my beard, like, my bad. I'll just drink so that I just forget about it. Got my fucking electronic memo pad, of course. This thing, I fucking love it. Um, but yeah, yeah, tonight,、um, this, this episode,、uh, we're going to get into some shit. Before I do, if you haven't done it before, 
please hit the like button. Please subscribe. Hit the notification bell. I've noticed some YouTubers say that as well. Um, people listening on audio, please, again, stars, comments, wherever you can. It really does help with the algorithm. Attracts people to the podcast. On YouTube, we've we picked up a few other new subscribers. Thank you guys for joining in, stopping by, you know, hollering at your boy. A few comments here and there. I really appreciate it. One dude, really, really, I, I can't remember your name off the top of my head. Um, I should have written it down, but if you're still listening, you know, thank you for just uh, a few people just saying like they really appreciate, you know, the fact that like, you know, good quality podcast. They like what I'm doing. They're shocked that YouTube's algorithm fucking hates my ass. But hey, I mean, you know, I'm I'm I think I've said it a lot of times before. I'm really doing this as a hobby. You know, um, that's how it all started. People who've been here from the beginning know like, I, you know, I know some of the best practices of a youtuber that and, and and you know podcaster that i should be quote unquote should be doing no that i should be doing if i want to um expand the podcast really but i'm just not putting that best foot forward for a lot of different reasons i just got other shit going on in my life and you know i'm just happy like you know even if a handful of y'all and whoever else you know falls in can can um enjoy things and you know i mean the good news is that there's going to be, you know, a stock of uh, of content for people who do discover the podcast, you know, every, every time I upload something else. And, and I started going back and listening to random episodes, too. I just shit because one of my um, co-workers, I think I said before he started listening. So I started listening to random episodes. I re-listened to my Fukuoka story again, which made me laugh. So that was cool. So, yeah, it's been good. It's been good. All right. Let me, let me drink some more fucking wine. I haven't drunk this shit in like drink haven't had any alcohol in my system for a long ass time so give me a second give me a second let me get all sauced up okay alcohol okay all right so um what i got for you guys right now so Joshua, like I said, last time I I, I pulled out a, a list of, uh, I believe it was places or things that, you know, I love about Japan, the, Japan over America. And I just made another bullshit list, but things that I don't like about Japan that I prefer in America to Japan is not really so much places. Like thinking of places was kind of tough for me. So it's just like places, just shit that I don't like basically. Um, yeah, that that kind of works my nerves a little bit. One thing which I'll start with before this, I was watching this really interesting docu series called um, uh, "Hip Hop Uncovered." I think it is. It was like on FX or Hulu or some shit like that. But um, of course, through some internet back channels, I, I found my way. I'm not going to tell y'all how I do it, but I was able to find a way to you know see this shit. Stumbled upon it online. Was able to throw it on the TV. Um. And yeah, you know, it's it's just a series about like a lot of the stories of a lot of movers and shakers in hip hop um, behind the scenes. You know, I don't know how popular this miniseries is in America. Again, I'm completely out of touch with this, but, you know, a lot of the names on it, like I'm very familiar with just, you know, um, being a, in my late 30s, you know, hip hop listener uh, since, you know, hip hop generation since like early 90s early mid 90s i'd say let me say mid 90s just because i was a teenager in the mid 90s so you know some of these names you know in late 90s um i became familiar with and especially with the internet you just hear about people so it was interesting to hear their backstories and what's going on and what goes on what went on behind the scenes and stuff like that in hip-hop uh, history and stuff like that especially since you know i mean these are basically street dudes and like street events historical events that went on that i knew about but i didn't hear hear it from the horse's mouth it's really interesting um and you know just give me some you know context just as far as massive events of hip-hop significant events in hip-hop history uh so if you haven't seen it aren't familiar with it it's called hip-hop uncovered i believe um i it's two i saw two parts of it i don't, I don't know how much of a miniseries is going to be but i'm going to be on the lookout for it you know um, which which made me think of sorry I got sidetracked which made me think of the one thing that fucking drives me crazy about living in Japan is trying to watch American TV shows like uh, particularly I'll call that Netflix like I y'all don't understand like don't 
fucking i mean if you got a vpn or whatever the fuck i, I heard like this crackdown on vpn shit i don't really know in detail i don't really like fuck with vpn stuff that much just because like you know i'm not that invested in what's going on outside you know like i, I it's not an immediate need to get a vpn but but if you think if you come to japan and you think like oh i got netflix i'm just gonna watch my netflix stuff in japan brr, brr, wrong because Netflix Japan and Netflix America are completely different. And from what I understand, y'all got goddamn everything under the sun in America on Netflix. But here in Japan, not really, you know. So, <coughs> excuse me. So, um, like, I hear all the time, like, if I'm talking to people online or whatever, people are like, yeah, it's on Netflix. I'm like, that shit ain't on Netflix over here. You know, I'm, I'm, I got three episodes of The Office you know, that premiered like a couple of weeks ago. And I'm like, thank you for that shit. You know, I mean, I understand it. it's also a language barrier. Um, they need to put Japanese subtitles in a lot of stuff. You know, I was watching this, um, this gangster movie, this Japanese gangster movie the other night. I, I, I turned it off halfway through cause I already know what the story was going to be. It was all right. But then like halfway through, once they say like, Oh, let's start selling, uh, drugs. You already know, you know the cops that start selling drug dealer storyline the the cop became the cop turned drug dealer storyline you already know how that goes so i was just like i ain't i ain't even wasting no more time watching this shit but pretty much yeah i just got like japanese movies documentaries with historical documentaries um docuseries and and every now and then a blockbuster movie or whatever but i don't watch too too much tv like that but you know compared to the amount of shit that you have in uh, Netflix America, trust me, when you come to Netflix, when you come to Japan, uh, TV is going to be one of the things that becomes a bottleneck in your life. If you really like watching TV, you're going to have to find some back channel websites, you know, some some ways, do a little digging in the crates to really find what you want to see um, in the country, you know, from your home country. It's just, it is what it is. Japanese TV is not a help either. Like, there's a lot of fucking food shows, a lot of bullshit. Um, you know, a lot of like shitty ass comedy shows, like just Japanese TV in general is not the best move for me. I pretty much use Japanese TV for um, the news, business shows, the weather. And, you know, um, that's about it pretty much. Mm. And any shows about dating and, and Japanese social socializing and stuff like that. I like to just um, <clears throat> maybe my favorite show is um I don't know if I talked about it here, but my favorite show right now on Japanese TV that's not the news is uh, this show called uh, Azatokute Nanigawarui Deska. I think I've talked about this before, but pretty much it's just a, um, a dating show for single women. You know, basically, like, why, what's so bad about being calculating? Um, and so it's a show that ex uses, like, a video snippets and stuff like that to really show what how japanese women and sometimes men do to be to be liked you know some calculating moves that they make and they talk about it and shit like that it's all in japanese of course but but um i like watching it because just you know um see game you know how the type of game uh japanese women the average japanese woman has you know so in the for in the future i won't fall victim to any of that shit you know so i can see it coming um, and it's kind of interesting for me, just, it gets a little cheesy sometimes, but, um, you know, sometimes I gotta fast forward some shit, but that's probably the most entertaining shit on TV for me right now. But generally speaking, like, you know, compared to the massive amounts of, uh, and you know, shit on TV in America, there's definitely, it, it gets annoying sometimes, just tr especially if it's just something that I see on YouTube that looks really interesting and I really want to watch it gets kind of frustrating, you know, that that's something I don't like about it. I'm going, I got a lot of shit to cover. So um, fuck, I'm like 15 minutes deep already. I'm, I'm going to have to run through this shit kind of, kind of quick, you know? All right. Um, next is, uh, weekend highways, highways on the weekend, which is kind of a, a subcategory of basically anywhere that's crowded with Japanese people. It like, you know, and the highway, especially the road on the weekend is crazy because pretty much, you know, J Japan's kind of like the beehive. So if you can imagine the beehive goes on vacation, the beehive has the day off anywhere and everywhere that is fun, interesting 
or relaxing is going to be crowded with fucking people. You know, um, it's, it, COVID has kind of taken a chunk out of that. But generally speaking, like the mall, outlets, hot springs, you know, any travel destination, you know, summer holidays, travel destination, it's just going to be swamped with people. Like, you you have no fucking idea. Like, Tokyo Disneyland, like, go Costco, my favorite place. Why do you think I only go to Costco on a fucking weekday? Because, like, I already know that place is a goddamn zoo on the weekend. Like... If you come to Japan when all this shit is over and you want to go to Tokyo Disney, do not fucking step foot in this place, that place uh, on the weekend. Don't even do play yourself like that. And if you come like when schools are on spring or summer holiday, you might be playing yourself anyway. So just coming on weekdays is also not a guarantee. You know, summer summer holiday season is going to be packed like shit. You know, when when um, kids are on spring break, it's going to be packed like shit. So, you know, pretty much like Halloween's going to be packed like shit. So, you know, um, just just you just got you just got to deal with it. You got to wait in line for some for some shit that should not take that long because everybody just wants to rush in the same place at the same fucking time. You know, anywhere new. I put that as well. Like any new place that opens like goddamn a shop, a store like a fucking Uniqlo, which has the same shit. Seven days a week, everybody wants to run up in there for their grand opening. I don't fucking understand this shit. I just, like, all the time, if it's a new place that opens, I already know. I'm like, okay, I'm not going anywhere near there for about two weeks. Because the shit's going to be empty in two weeks anyway. Once the newness of the place wears off, like, everyone just leaves it alone. It's, it's really weird like that. You know, I think just because life here is so, for lack of a better word, mundane. You know, life in society is generally safe. Everything is cool. Everything's chill. Like, people get bored and they don't really have anything to break the monotony of everyday life. So, if something new opens up, hey, let's go check that shit out. But, which is fine. But in the Tokyo area, if you've got, like, 17 million people thinking the same goddamn thing, because everyone's going to think the same thing, you got to deal with, like, massive crowds unnecessarily fucking crowded ass places. That's just the way it is. So... Um, so yeah, that's not my favorite thing in the world. Of course you can tell. So, but you know, got to deal with it. So my solution to that is if I see someplace new, I say, I'm going to go there in a month. That's, and it's going to be fucking empty or I'm going to go there on a weekday and it's going to be fucking empty. And most of the time it is like, that's how you, you know, again, you, you, you can you can move and avoid you know avoid shit like that quite easily here generally speaking like or you know for the most part if you if you just you know think outside the box a little bit you'll be surprised like uh, okay I'll fuck I'll talk about this a classic example of this for me is uh the train system right um and this is a generalization but like um uh, uh, one illustration of this for me is uh, the train I take to work, right? The train I take to work, it, um, it, how do I explain this? Going to work, uh, going to where I work, like the last train car of the train is uh, the station I get to is kind of where the escalator leads. It's only one end of the station. So, Basically, if you want to get to the gate and exit the station, you're going to be on the last train car. And then when you get off, you're kind of the first closest to the exit. You go down some stairs, go down the escalator, and boom, the gate's right there, right? Now, on the weekend, this the area that I work in is a very popular place on the weekend. It's just on the outskirts, like just on the edge of Tokyo, a residential area that's been developed over the past like 15, 20, year, 20 years to be this kind of quote unquote suburban part of Tokyo, you know, which is accessible. So, so it's become a highly desirable shopping area and stuff like that, you know, for people living uh, just outside the city and people who are living in the residential areas on the outskirts, you know, of, of town. Now, um, not in a bad way, but just that's how train companies developed are developing Tokyo. Just they're pushing more out into, you know, the outskirts and in, in, in outer parts of Tokyo into the suburbs and developing that as opposed to the city. So uh, I got, OK, fine. I, fuck, I'm just talking about a bunch of shit today because in my opinion, like they say, you know, it's development chances. For my opinion, it's because the split in society that's been going that is um 
coming more and more. And if you think about it, just because of, I'm going to get deep on you, you know, just because of the easy money policies uh, and uh, quantitative easing that's been going on over the past like 10 plus years, you know, that creates bubbles, especially in real estate all over the fucking world, as you can probably see. And um, especially it was just becoming more highly concentrated in Tokyo and which that wealth effect only affects a certain amount of people who can afford to live in central, those high value areas. Oh, that was before COVID, but you know, whatever, whatever, we'll see what happens with that. So the people who can't do that are being not pushed out, but generally seeking, you know, greener pastures, if you will, areas of more space, lower prices where they can own a home, shit like that, raise a family, the typical suburb effect, you know, which is white flight in America, but is more Japanese flight. I don't know what the equivalent would be, but you know, it's basically just salarymen, typical business workers who are just like, fuck it, let's just move to suburbs and I'll commute like an hour plus, you know, to get to work. But now with COVID, they might not have to do that either. either. So I don't know, whatever. Anyway, why the fuck was I talking about this? Okay. The, 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 see, God damn it. Okay. Um, <laughs> whatever. This is going to be a good episode. I'm going to be rambling. Even though it's late, I work late tomorrow. So whatever, it's fine. Um, so why am I talking about this? Oh yeah. Um crowd, oh yeah, the police. Okay. Yeah, that's right. My example. Okay, so so um yeah, so this I think about this, you know, um from time to time and it kind of struck me that um you know um the final car of of this train is the ideal place to, you know, if you want to get off and go to the station, right? Because every on the weekend, you know, it's the train's pretty crowded. Everyone's going there to go shopping and spend the day. You know, it's an outdoor place. It's it's, it's, it's a lot of shit to do there. Um, a lot of stores, a lot of shit to do. There's a lot of stores and restaurants and you know, shopping, window shopping, eating, pretty much typical weekend family shit. But. The funny thing, which I noticed, like, I think about a year and a half ago, and which gives me, makes me laugh to myself every now and then, is like, basically, especially on the weekend, the final car of this train is extremely packed with people. Like, everyone's jammed in there. I mean, not like Tokyo jammed in with people, but it's pretty much at capacity. The second to last car generally is empty as fuck right so like me of course i get into the second to last car the closest door to um the last car and i'm just like literally like chilling by myself and looking over and seeing like people basically shoulder to shoulder squeezed in because they think like you know that's the best thing to do when i'm literally like five, 10 feet away from them. Like just a bunch of space to myself and looking around like, yo, there's seats open. Uh, normally there's not seats open, but there's, there's no one really standing up. Like it's, it's just night and day, but you know, that just kind of shows you the mentality people kind of really have are single minded for the most part. And, you know, don't really think outside the box in that way. And so, especially riding the train, my trick is I look for the door. Everyone's going, look for the car. Everyone's going to, and just go one over and generally speaking, you'll be you'll have a lot more free space than um, if you just like follow what everyone else is doing. Like it, it really is amazing sometimes. Like you'll see people rushing, squeezing in to like get into one door, and then you'll just I'll just tell my wife I'll just pull her like no this next door. We'll go over literally one door, and there's like nobody standing there at all. And you just look over to your left, and you see like everyone crammed in together. It's fucking weird. So yeah, anywhere that's crowded is kind of like um, a bit annoying. Um, anywhere where I'm exposed down there, <laughs> anywhere in public where I got to, you know, whip out my willy, <laughs> I got to let him hang, you know, is, is, is kind of, um, kind of annoying, you know, just because like, I know Japanese people are staring at my dick. Like, this is what it is. Like everyone's going to be looking at my dick. So if I go to a hot spring, people going to be trying to look at my dick. I go to a public bathroom, people going to be trying to look at my dick. Like it is what it is. Like, it's not like, you know, it's not like a homosexual thing. It's just, I'm not Japanese. So people want to see, Oh, what does like a black dude's dick look like? This is my only chance. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, this is my chance. And so like, but you know, which wouldn't bother me so much, but if you're in a hot spring and there's like a hundred people there, you have a hundred people trying to take the chance to look at your dick, you know? And it's just like, <sighs> you know, it, it never fails. Trust me. It never fails. And it's something you just got to deal with if you're here. But you know, whatever, like, again, it's what I signed up for. It doesn't bother me as much anymore. Cause I just know it's part of life here. I have a few defense tactics, you know, work a few angles so to cut people off from trying people, you know, get a view. Cause I mean, no one's going to be like, look over like you, no one's going to do that. But you, you can see people out, you can feel their atmosphere change when someone's like next to you and they're just like freeze up and they're just like, okay, how do I look at this dude's dick? Like <laughs> without getting noticed, like you can tell when they're pl plotting a caper, <laughs> you know? So I kind of know a few ways. You got to hug the plate a little bit, you know, make sure they don't <laughs> shit like that. But yeah, like anywhere where, you know, my dick is out. Oh, sorry. It's true. Anywhere my dick is out, you know, like I'm kind of, I mean, of course, like in America, your dick is not going to be really be out anywhere, you know, in public, generally speaking. But in Japan, you'll be surprised how many places you're going to be exposed around other people. Some people are cool with that. Some people are not cool with that. I generally fall into the category of people that's not cool with that. But I've just learned to deal with it, accept it as a part of life here. Again, mostly hot springs, you know, public bathrooms, shit like that. I mean, you, you might think like, again, there's no partition in your public bathroom. That's why it's kind of an issue. The Costco has them, thank goodness. But generally speaking, like you're not going to get a partition. So you don't have that privacy there, you know, blocking your shit. So you got someone you're just like. You know, and that's what it is. So, um, whatever. But okay. Um, ah, and one more, then I'll move on to the next topic. Oh shit. Um, a place where Japanese people can't see me coming, where I unexpected. Oh no, I got two more. I got one more. And where ja where I kind of like surprise Japanese people, like generally, like a Velociraptor or something like that in Jurassic Park. Like, ah, I'm here. <laughs> Sorry, my son's in the dinosaurs now. But like, you know, if um, you know, I just kind of like, I mean, I'm not jumping out at them, but like, you know, if like an elevator door is open, it's like, bingo, there's a black guy. Like, generally speaking, though, they just kind of don't know how to act. You know, <laughs> for a second, it's like, oh shit, they're here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> or like someone comes around the corner and I bump into like an old lady. Not even an old lady. Old ladies are kind of cool with it, but like, you know, a middle aged woman or something like that. She's like. Ooh. Or she, you know, she's got to get her shit together for a second. So um, that's that's kind of becomes awkward sometimes too because it, it becomes a lot. You know, you, you walk into a shop that doesn't, you know, or a, a post office or like a bank or something that doesn't really deal with foreign people. Doesn't it's not in like a really international area so much. For example, the the record scratches, you know, and you know, but I'm used to it, you know, so. Um, it's not, it doesn't really bother me anymore, but you know, it is a thing that will be never go away. Probably <clears throat> the one thing that does bother me, I'd say is if I'm anywhere around a crowd of young people, teenagers or young kids, it's going to be a thing, you know, it's going to be a thing. Like, I think I was picking my son up from the bus stop today, actually. And, um, there was just like a, um, where his bus stop is, is next to, is near the campus of a really, really good school, like, like, uh, you know, kind of famous university, but some, some kids connected to the high school, whatever. I don't know. High school kids were coming off. Of course they're in their uniforms. It's like, I, I get them. It's like 50 high school kids that roll up behind us, you know, which is in America, I'll just say normally would, would kind of put me on edge because, you know. Generally speaking, American teenagers are qu quite unpredictable and sometimes dangerous. Sorry, that's just, it is, you, you know what I'm saying. Like, if you're in a mall and you see 15 te 50 teenagers roll up on you, you're going to be like, oh, shit, you know, they might do something crazy. <laughs> Come on, let's, let's go over that way, you know. Um, but 
in Japan is cool, totally cool, right? Um, they're gonna be fucking nice, but they're gonna do, say something weird. So, um, yeah, so I got my son, and I'm walking, and, and I could hear him in Japanese, like, "Oh, I thought that was, you know, giggling. Oh, I thought he was a one of our professors, Ooh, or something like that." Like you, you kind of hear these offhand, you know, remarks from 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 teenagers or little kids or stuff. Like if, if I, like you know, my wife doesn't really pick up on it, but like if we go to his kindergarten, you know, for example, I got to kind of hang around my wife all the time because like you know um i'm not gonna go walking into the school by myself you know because especially now with covid i got a mask on i'm a big black guy like even if people understand i'm his dad it's just i already know you know so uh, you know i'm just my wife was like hold on i'll be right back i'm like god damn it what the fuck are you you know, and you know, um, I just I don't even bring it up around her because she'll just say I'm paranoid or something like that. So I just like, you know, it's just one of those things. Like the effort in trying to get my wife to understand is more than it's worth. So I just deal with it. You know, um, when when my son gets older, I'm sure we'll talk about these type of things, and maybe my wife will have more understanding about it. But I don't expect her to. You know, uh, I'm not asking for any pity party about that type of shit either. But you know, definitely anywhere around younger kids, I do. You know, especially if you speak Japanese, you hear the comments, you hear the laughs. You know, and you just gotta get over it. I think the guy, um, damn, I think it's James from the podcast. Uh, his um, podcast name left me right now again i'm drunk and wasted sorry but um you know he talked about that was one of his reasons for leaving japan was you know uh standing out everywhere he goes and it just kind of got to him but you know i'm black i'm from america like i'll take that shit over again the bullshit dealing with america any day it is just some it's not my favorite thing about this country but it's not a deal breaker for me by any means at all and i've got more than tough enough skin to deal with it so it's not a big deal at all but i'd say those are um the main things that i don't like i dislike about living in japan places events situations that you just gotta you know handle if you're gonna live here so that's that okay so what i'm gonna do right now i'm gonna take a quick break i'm gonna refill this wine And then I'll come back and we'll get into some um, the tough times in Japan, tough times in Tokyo. Let's call it tough times in Tokyo um, um, and some of the is- social issues that have been popping up in Japan. Uh, right, I got your topic. Um, and uh, yeah, so give me a second. And I'll be right back. OK, OK, OK. We are back in this back in this beach. OK. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So here we go. Here we go. So tough times in Tokyo, right? Um, well, in Japan in general, but I'm just, it just sounds better if I say tough times in Tokyo. Um, nah, but no, nah, that's, that's disingenuous. Tough times in Japan because it is, that's the fucking subtitle I wrote down. So I'm just sticking with that. All right. So here's the deal. So, um, Rod basically, uh, gave me a list of topics or issues that he wanted to he you know me to speak on a bit and he also by the way uh linked and, and actually did me a real solid thank you so much again for uh copy and pasting uh some of the information from an article um that I wasn't able to uh, pull up on my PC but again I'll, I'll put the link in the um description please read that um, it, it gives a bit of a context, probably about some shit that's going to come up as I talk. But I'm going to just run through um, how COVID has affected several different people or several different issues. Uh, and, yeah, I'll just, you know, I'll just go off on it as best I can. I'm, I'm going to go through them kind of quick um, just because just for time. It's almost one o'clock in the morning here. But um, just joblessness in general, definitely um, I've, I've noticed, you know, anecdotally just watching the news, TV, stuff like that, seen an increase in um, news about the unemployed and underemployed here in Japan. The article he, he gives um, gives a really good example about especially underemployment here um, and the underbelly of it that you really don't really get a chance to see. Um so much i would say yeah just seeing it on seeing those type of issues on tv has has definitely started to bubble up employment in japan is a lot higher than it is in um the west in general is just true like but 
but I would say like non-regular employees, like if I believe I, I've gone through that in, in a few episodes back, you know, again, employees that don't you, basically, you know, you got Sayshine, which is a regular employee, which guarantees you um, a safety net, a really strong safety net, almost a guaranteed job pretty much. And anyone who's not in the, under that category is basically out in the cold, can be kicked out in the cold at pretty much at almost any time. Right. Um, pretty much what you deal with in your home country for the most part, pretty much. But um. But in Japan, that's a big deal. And Japan has been trying to move away from the uh, Seishain system. Uh, I, me, personally, I think the government is just like, you know, rubbing their hands together like, like Birdman. <laughs> Waiting for the chance to get rid of the system. Um, just because it puts companies on the hook for a lot of money. Um, you know, they have bloated uh, payrolls from staff that they really, really like to trim if they had the chance to, but they can't because they got a lot of people who are satiating. But um, that kind of does hold the company country back. But Japan in general is not really equipped to deal with the amount of people who are um, unemployed or underemployed, and especially that's been increasing because of the COVID situation. And as you know, um, I've been kind of fortunate enough to, you know, um, not be so affected by this because I'm not say shine at all. Generally speaking, if you come to Japan, you're not going to be say shine at all. You're going to be a contract employee, you know, at best you're going to be, you know, uh, Gilmby Taku, which is an independent contractor as a possibility and just getting a fresh start here. That's going to be kind of a lot rougher. Um, before, you know, a contract employee was the standard, you know, which gave, gave you a bit of a leeway. You know, at least one year you knew you had a job. You knew you had a guaranteed salary. You knew, like, this is kind of what the way things were going to be. But here you just kind of got to got roll with it. You got to, you know, make shit happen. And, 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 and you know, I'm, I'm a bit settled. I'm a bit older here. So I can kind of handle that a lot better than someone who's just fresh off the boat, as I'd like to say. Um, but, but just as far as joblessness in Japan goes in general, it is increasing. It is increasingly tough for Japanese people to deal with, especially because this is, for me, the social contract here, I've talked about it before, is that like if you work hard, there's a place and there's a life for you in Japan. That's kind of the, my feeling, the general social contract here. If you, you know, try your hardest and, you know, work for the betterment of society, society will take care of you in the form of employment, in the form of a place to stay, you know. It might not be the best place. It might not be the flashiest place. You know, it might be a humble place, but you will have your place in society. And that contract really is not being lived up to. And basically, it's a fucking illusion in my part, you know, as far as I, <laughs> I'm concerned. But, you know, that is the expectation. That has been the expectation up to now, especially in post-war Japan up to now. But, you know, the way the world is going, a lot of macroeconomic factors, which I'm not going to get into right now. But, you know, we're kind of reaching the end game of this system um, that has been existing well for, okay, I'm getting into it for the past 50 years, in my opinion. So, um, you know, Japan is going to be a casualty of this and COVID um, has uh, exacerbated that issue. So, um, so yeah, you know, you know, in a lot of industries, a lot of jobs, a lot of people are kind of being cut by the wayside. Uh, you know, the the pop up of 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 of, of you know, and another thing which is really important is Japan doesn't really have a donation culture, right? And I was talking to people about I've been because I've been kind of talking about this. This this actually has come up uh, quite a bit, and um, in my everyday conversations with people, and. One thing is because Japan doesn't have a donation culture. So even though there's, a, you know, like me talk, you know, me, you hear me talk, bringing my mother-in-law quite a bit, you know, me and her, um, we have a lot of conversations about stuff, you know, economics and, and I bounce ideas off of her. We watch TV and stuff, you know, together sometimes. And, um, uh, you know, <laughs> I was in the car with her uh, like a few weeks ago and, you know, we were talking, I forgot, we were talking about the economy and stuff like that. And, uh, of course in Japanese and, and, you know, she was like, you know, like me, I'm, I'm I have the American, I, I don't fuck all that shit. Like, I don't give a fuck about none of that shit. As long as I'm straight, my family's straight, whatever is going to happen is going to happen. You know, so I ain't thinking about like everybody else and what's, what the fuck else is going on with all that other shit. 
she's like, oh my gosh, like the the amount of people, like you know, who who are are homeless, and, and oh my gosh, this is tough, you know, <laughs> and you know. I, I kind of like looked at her and I was like, you know, just like, that's just funny just listening to you talk because, you know, it's cultural differences and everything. And I was like, but, you know, she's, I was like, most Japanese people think like that, right? She's like, yeah, yeah, I think so. And I was like, but how many Japanese people, people really going to donate some money to do anything about it? And she was like, yeah, you're right. Like, you know, we don't have that culture at all. And we talked about it a bit. And basically what she was telling me is because, like, the idea of donation is kind of a bit of an unfair kind of thing in Japan. Like, Japanese people think we're all Japanese and we're all working. Again, this is my opinion mixed with anecdotal information that I've heard. But, you know, if everyone's Japanese and everyone has equal standing in society, everyone's in the ant colony, let's say, for example, if it just as a, you know... um, metaphor i think metaphor doesn't use like as yeah metaphor as a metaphor uh, we're all in the ant colony and we're all working hard for the survival of the ant colony but if there are some ants who are not working but are being given resources that's unfair right so just in general by the basis of japanese society people don't have the inclination to help or donate or give money to homeless or help, you know, those kind of things. It's just not a, a general instinct that's, that's strong within Japanese society. You know, they understand these pro- these problems exist. They acknowledge them. But when it comes down to actionable kind of, you know, um, things to be done, it, it shit gets real. <laughs> shit switches up real, real fast when it's like, yes, homelessness is an issue. Yes, underemployment is an issue. Okay, so how much money are you going to give? Yeah, like the conversation switches up really, really fast in Japanese. It's always funny. We need to do something about it is kind of basically what what gets said, and that's about it. So, yeah, that's a general overview of, of, of a lot of these things. And let me just kind of plow through some of these after that rant. So, um. Again, the social safety net, if you, I refer you to Rod's article, I think, you know, it is country Japan. Um, there has been, especially last year, an effort to kind of throw money at the problem a bit, but I don't know the intricacies of that issue because I don't really have anyone around me who really is using the social safety net, but I imagine there are resources there, but there is that stigma or shame, you know, again, I'm not playing my part. I'm not pulling my weight. You know, apparently, according to that article, so um, that could be an issue. Self-imposed uh, limitations, if you will, or people, you know, preventing them from taking advantage of some of the resources in Japan, being shamed, you know, away from uh, taking advantage of, of those kind of resources that will basically keep them in the game. But, um, yeah, um, that's something that, again, like, it, it's not my fight to fight, you know, so it's not my fight to fight. Okay, whatever. But you know, I mean, it's not my battle to fight. So you know, I'm I'm an outsider here trying to f- scrap for my place in in the with, with the way things go. So yeah, so um yeah, it is what it is. You know, suicide suicide rates definitely have increased here. Um, you know, um, from what I've heard, I believe I haven't seen any concrete numbers, but you can just imagine, you know, generally speaking, like, you know, I'm just watching news about people, you know, who, who, who become homeless or, or, you know, relying on soup kitchens and stuff like that. A common theme is the first thing they say is like, I was thinking, I should think I should just kill myself. I think it, I think it dates back to, you know, the, the, the medieval times, a samurai spirit in Japan, the, mm, killing yourself is an honorable way to go out type shit, you know? Um, so yeah, generally speaking, like if a person again feels like they're not being useful to the ant colony, um, bee colony, whatever you want to, whatever insect colony you want to use, um, you know, they just like, fuck it. It's just better, more honorable. If I just end it right now, um, you know, especially if they see themselves as like a, a Domeningen, for example, which is, like a useless human being, you know, don't, don't use that word. Like, you know, <laughs> calling someone like a Dominican is like really, 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 really fucked up. Like it's basically like stronger than saying you're a waste of space, you know, but that's, yeah, it is really, really fucked up. So, um, you're just like, 
useless, completely useless as a human being is pretty much, I would say the, the most translatable thing, you know, it would be, you know, and which is, you know, pretty rough to tell someone, you know, so, um, just don't use that at all. Um, that's again, just bad Japanese lesson from Akil. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, you know, if someone sees himself in that way, then they, you know, logical, next logical step, suicide comes to mind. I don't, you know, and I, and I imagine that has been increasing, you know, especially if you think about, again, domestic issues, which has been going on, I'm sure, in other countries as well. But Japan, those issues generally, you know, get swept under the rug, especially if you think about, um, ah, that's what, oh, shit. Um, that's what I need to do. Let me make myself a note. Um, let me make it so. Uh, no, I won't. I won't put it in. Okay, I'll just talk about it. So, um, one of my students told me about something. Um, you know, domestic issues, which have been popping up and things like that. And and recently in the news, there have been quite a few. I think two or three stories about CEOs or of heads of companies doing really fucked up shit in the past like week or two weeks actually. And one guy was um one ceo of a company he was caught um he had assaulted a woman which maybe he bought he met at like a quote-unquote matching cafe so i would imagine what happened was the ceo of a really big company basically went to a hotel he met the girl maybe a professional lady of the night at like a quote-unquote matching cafe took her to a hotel probably paid her a hundred thousand yen which is about a thousand bucks for some services wasn't satisfied with those services maybe she tried to leave i'm guessing in an elevator he attacked her took her id took the money it was quote her money but that amount of money i'm, I'm in the daytime in a hotel i'm guessing you know and and she filed charges against him so you know i'm guessing like that was something there you know um yeah um and another CEO, the ex-CEO of McDonald's Japan, he attacked his wife with a golf club or some crazy shit like that. Like, um, you know, um, but, but, and there was some other story. I can't remember what it was, but, but basically one of my students, we were talking about it. And basically he said something really insightful that, yeah, like because of Corona, like they in the house, you know, and they don't have really have the opportunity to, um, go out and do the things that they normally do so a lot of those frustrations bubble over you know and if you especially if you, you might think like a high net worth individual like a, a ceo of like let's say mcdonald's japan but if you think about it because he's that high net worth individual he's that power broker type guy he's in meetings he's in trips he's doing all these things all the time but because of corona he's stuck in the house in zoom meetings and he's got his wife there who he probably doesn't see i mean he's also like 20 years older than her but he doesn't see her you know all the time like he's probably out the door in the middle in the morning he's coming back late at night seven days a week six days a week and you know even on his days off he's probably going golf or doing some other shit with his friends but he's in the house he's been in the house for like a year so that stress kind of bubbles over and you know those type of incidents happen by no means am i like making excuses for these guys i'm just trying to put it in context i'm pretty sure sadly that a lot of these incidents domestic violence and things like that have been increased on the rise in japan as well um but again in japan the difference is in japan these things are not discussed openly they're kind of swept under the rug so um that's kind of the shameful part um, single mothers you know um yeah also get really the rough end of the stick because a lot of the times single mothers like unlike in japan unlike in america like alimony and things like that are not mandatory here so basically um there's a, it's a patriarchal system so mm. Let's say there's a divorce where kids involved. Once the husband, who generally speaking traditionally is the breadwinner, once he cuts off the wife and the son or daughter, that's it for them. They, you know, they're out in the cold pretty much. So, a single mother will have to work and fend for herself. And a lot of movies and TV shows and things like that, the most miserable character is the single mother. She's got a shitty ass small apartment with a kid. You know, and she's like working all the time, generally like in, in like, you know, bad TV shows, gangster movies and stuff like that. She's working like a hostess bar. She's working like selling her body or doing something like that to make ends meet to provide for her kid who's sleeping at home by themselves. Like, you know, she is it's fucked up to watch. And, and the sad part is like some of this shit is probably true. You know, but again, it's not really broadcast in um, on TV. It's more like the the darker side of Japan, if you will. 
But again, because these are not mainstream people, the social contract says you have done something wrong to be put in this situation. And there's a lot of shame. Again, one of the motivators of Japanese society, which comes into play. So, you know, again, it's fucked up. I don't really like to um, dwell on it, which is, you know, um, why I, I just try to focus on being the best father, husband, provider I can be and guide my family through all this crazy shit that's going on in the world right now. Um prostitution and uh those kind of sex industries that's called sex industry workers yeah when corona started the covid system the interesting thing for me that was um because you know when like handouts government assistance things like that happened uh, i think i talked about before of course the government could not be seen legitimizing legal sex industry work which is kind of legal but the government couldn't be seen legitimizing it so sex industry workers in japan were left out of like the social safety net and and on tv like there were like there's one lady she's a representative of like the shinjuku kabuki cho sex industry workers and she was like fuck that we need our money <laughs> you gotta help us in these streets it's rough because if you think about it you're not going to get like you know a happy ending like when corona was going down last year and you're not going to a hostess bar and you're not doing all this shit you know you're not going to soap land google soap land if you want to know what the fuck i'm talking about um i i have not been to a soap land by the way but just google it um if you want to but just warning you shit's real okay <laughs> just google soap land japan if you don't know what i'm talking about but um but yeah, so like, um, you know, these workers, if you really can imagine the impact of COVID on like sex industry workers, like it's fucking hard out there for them. And they're already, generally speaking, like like I've talked about, if you got a single mother, I'm not general, I'm not overgeneralizing, but for example, you have a single mother who, you know, um, might not be able to, you know, hold down, qualify for a regular work, a Seishayan type job, you know. And, um, you know, she's all she's got. So, you know, she might fall into that industry. COVID comes. That's a double blow. You don't get any um, government support. That's a triple blow. And then you fucked up in the game. So there's a lot of people that's really fucked up in the game right now, you know, who are on the outskirts of society in general. And, you know, so I don't really know what's going to happen in the form of government assistance this year. I'm expecting something to come down the pipeline. Generally, how these things go, in my opinion, is after America, you know, America's putting together a pretty significant stimulus package. After that happens, Japan kind of reacts, looks at what other countries are doing, gets kind of left behind and then reacts. You know, Japan's not the first to act generally in these type of situations. But, you know, when everyone's like, oh, look what America's doing, look what Europe's doing. Why aren't y'all doing anything? And they're like, oh, yeah, we got to do something. And they just like fumble together and do some shit. So I'm kind of expecting that similar kind of thing to happen in Japan. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But um, there are a lot of groups, you know, that are have been become quite disenfranchised because because of Corona. I forgot small businesses as well. Lots of bankruptcies. You heard me talk about the rest of restaurant industry. Lots of bankruptcies. I expect homelessness to increase. I expect violent crime to increase. I expect, you know, um, yeah, just just a lot of fucked up shit to go on. You know, that split in society to go on before things get better. But again, like I say, I am very bullish on Japan for the long term. That's why I've stayed here. But there will be some pain to be felt all across the world. You know, pretty much at some point. Um, and we'll just you just gotta like play our hand the best way we can, and and let the chips fall where they may. Um, and yeah, that's it from me. I've had two glass. I had a glass and a half of wine, and I'm fucking drunk. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm. I don't say I'm drunk, but I'm fucking tipsy, like like a motherfucker. So, yeah, yeah. So I'm just gonna end things right there. Uh, I still gotta fuck. What the fuck? I, God damn it! <laughs> I gotta drink this shit too, cause you know, in my mind, I was like, yeah, it's. Well, fucking two glasses of wine come on but i haven't been drinking in like over a month this is literally the first taste of alcohol i've had in over a month and i'm just like yeah right now so let me just pack this shit up and take my ass to bed you know um and yo 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 i'm gonna holla at y'all next time all right let me get the fuck out of here peace <laughs>